Hello, this is Mark Tucker. Hi, this is Brett Adler. And welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Hey, Brett, welcome to the show today. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, so for uh, people that are used to seeing, I think actually me on the other side where Brett is and, and Alan where I am, um, Alan's out this week. He's uh, mm -hmm. off uh, traveling and uh, doing some good stuff. And so we thought this would be a great opportunity to have uh, an old friend of mine, Brett, on. Um, I think, Brett, we met years ago when I first started doing some uh, some stuff with Speech Markdown. Yeah, yeah, through the Slack channel area yeah. and Twitter. And uh, we met, I think we met at the Voice 2019, Voice Summit 2019. Yeah, so, it's, so we've, we've known each other for a, a little while. And uh, so let's just give... Um, you know, people an opportunity to get to know you a little bit. Uh, so just kind of talk about, you know, a little bit about your background as well as, you know, how you got started in voice. Sure. Um, so uh, again, my name is Brett Adler and I've been doing software development for over 25 years now. My first computer was a TRS-80 back in the day. Um, did my first website in 1995 for my college. It made the newspaper and everything. So it was such a big deal. Um, and then I spent the early part of my career doing consulting work for big companies. And then the latter part of my career doing, um, you know, mostly in startups. And I spent, uh, 25 years, like I said, doing development. And so I had a lot of repetitive stress. And so, um, part of what eventually led to, uh, voice PT or the precursor to that was that I was actually part of a startup. I was CTO and I was creating the software from scratch twice. And on the second round of it, I was working around the clock. I had bad ergonomics, um, too many hours, you know, the way it gets being a software developer. And I was in a lot of pain and I just thought, well, this is all part of it. And when I, when the software is released, I'll have time to relax and I'll recover. Not realizing all the damage I was doing to my body all the way through and that it wasn't going to just recover. And so um, I ended up having to take a leave of absence and eventually leave the company because I basically lost uh, functional use of my right arm. I couldn't even like do emails at some point. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't even really hold a phone because not that my hand wasn't useful at all, but I just couldn't do work. Yeah. And so it, it stopped me in my tracks. And so um, I did a lot of physical therapy before going for surgery and then ended up eventually giving in and, you know, in a good way, having to get surgery and it helped. And so when I was first, I ended up having two surgeries, but after the first one, uh, I was sitting there recovering and I thought, and I had Amazon Alexa devices all throughout my house at a smart home. And so I, um, and I have a bit of ADHD, so I will lose track of the exercises and what am I doing and the order and the reps. So I started using the devices first as timers, then I used the Alexa blueprints uh, as a proof of concept. Um, and that's really what got me into building this voice skill, uh, voice PT, so that I could walk myself through my exercises. So it was originally built for myself. And then I ended up having a second surgery on my neck and um, made another version of it and kept building it and improving it. And at that point, I realized that not only was it helping me, but I thought it could help other people. And so that's that's a bit of how it started. All right. So there's two things I wanted to talk about from what uh, that first point. Thanks for, for sharing your story there. Um, the first part is as developers, um, 
sometimes we just grind and tend to push push through things and um and just kind of like well you know i gotta get this code done or i got i'm I'm on a deadline and we don't always realize that you know burning the candle at both ends or working working so hard and not having good you know break habits um really does affect us and can can affect us significantly as as your story um, says so do you do you want to add anything to to that on kind of um just that I agree and that, you know, people should be careful, make sure you have good ergonomics, make sure you take breaks. You know, I mean, a lot of this stuff is standard now that people hear all the time, but, but those things you hear really are important and thinking that you can just put it aside and deal with it later doesn't turn out to be true as I learned the hard way. Yeah. You know, because I've been doing this for, you know, almost 30 years. So we're, we're, we're kind of on the, the, the older end of the spectrum of developers, we have new, uh, you know, younger developers coming in and starting, or people starting at you know different parts, um, and uh, of their you know their career, and deciding like maybe I'm going to retool and, and become a developer. I like that, and there's lots of advantages to being a developer, but there's also uh, some things, some cautions that you need to be aware of. Yeah. Um, so that's that's um, I think that was an important point to bring out. Second thing, I I liked how you just kind of made this evolution of um, how can we use the the first party or the one one p experience the the built-in stuff from Amazon to help you do like timers or things um, and then you started thinking that's helpful but what would be more helpful is if I could do this and what would be a little bit more helpful is if I could do this um, you know and so let's talk a little bit about uh, kind of the iterations that you've you made on voice PT specifically um, yeah. Did did it start out as for smart speakers only? Uh, did you add multimodality to it later? Uh, um, well, it's yeah. Well, yes, no. It started as the I think it was the workout blueprint, um, or it might be a different type, but it was a you know one of the blueprints, and so it was helpful. But it, um, and I it does have a bit of a you know multimodal to it, not pictures or the exercises and things, but it allowed me to um, uh, start that. But then. Uh, there were limitations on it, right? Yeah. Timing and reps and some of the things I really needed to be doing. And so I was kind of hacking it. I was doing the exercise over twice or things and just, you know, ignoring the, the breaks because I was trying to, you know, if I had to hold for two minutes or something like that, there just weren't even the timing. And so that's actually when I met Heidi uh, Culbertson um, and she was the one that suggested I look at voice flow because I was literally sitting there with in a, um, you know, my arm in a sling, my other arm using the phone, discovering the voice first community at that point. I was just doing research at first. I knew, you know, there was the Amazon Alexa ability to build skills, but I didn't realize there was a whole community behind it. Right. So that's when I started, you know, meeting people. Um, I think that's around the same time you and I connected. And I talked to Heidi and she was great. And she was the one that suggested I try out VoiceFlow. This is back when she was doing her own Ask Marvy business. And so I was able to build something a lot quicker yeah. than I would have partly for learning curve and partly because again, I'm, I'm a programmer, but I'm in a sling and I can only do so much coding while I'm trying to recover or I will just hurt myself again. Right. And so that really helped me build it out. Um, and a first version was all hard coded invoice flow. Then I had an air table back in so I could enter exercises 
and make it more flexible. And now we've built a whole web Ruby on Rails backend so that we can manage the exercise programs and make it really dynamic. And so there's not all that hard-coded exercises in there. And that's where we started to add in more of the uh, imagery and, and multimodal side of it and displaying the picture of the exercise and reading out the exercise and the, the text as well. Right. So that's so that's um, a good uh, discussion here. And you know, one shout out to Heidi, um, awesome person, um, yeah. just a great resource. Uh, Absolutely. But also just using like blueprints was like okay, well let's get something. Let's you know go from zero to something. And that first step in your case was a blueprint. And I think um, that could be a valid path as we're as you're like working on an idea and you're just kind of want to <clears throat> test some things out. And then you said the next thing you moved to was voice flow. Now voice flow yeah. is, is a no code tool. So, oh no, we're developers. Can we use no code tools as a developer? Um, yeah, we can. It's, yeah. it still has logic and it still, yeah. um, you know, it helps uh, iterate through and, 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 and good for prototyping and, and, they, and they've been a lots of advancements in, in voice flow as well, that there are more and more features to turn it into uh, what to me seemed to be a primarily initially a prototyping tool into something that's yeah. more of a deployment platform. And and uh, they've done a really good job with that. Yeah. And just to clarify there, you can make it no code and by default it is, but you can add code. So you can have low code, you know, no code, low code. Yep. So I'll be able to add some JavaScript in, you know, simple JavaScript and able to do a little more logic there. So that's how I was able to do some of the things that I may not have been able to do just through the, you know, what they provide. So it, it does give developers that a little bit of flexibility to do some code if they don't, if they're not completely locked in. So that's what I liked about it is I could write code where I needed to, and I could avoid code where I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just kind of uh, sped up and, you know, you got to lay out what the whole flow was with iterations and stuff, and you can kind of visually see how things are working plus work with your language model and your text to speech all kind of in the tool. And then, yeah. um, then there's blocks that you would actually drop on. That would be like uh, coding blocks where you could put JavaScript, right? Yeah. Very good. Very nice. So, and how, so how has that been overall? Are you, are you happy with uh, how that's worked for your project? I have, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's been a great tool. Um, there may come a day where we have to, you know, go beyond it. So far we haven't hit that. So, you know, people would, yeah, it, it like I said, it does quite a lot, and so it's it's been a great tool, um, and uh, I've been really happy with it. So, so as a developer, you know, with decades of experiences, was this kind of your first bigger project with a no code slash low code tool? Um, no, I had actually done one years ago for um, when I, I did a I was working for Ernst and Young Consulting side, which is now Capgemini. And we were doing a project for uh, John Hancock Life Insurance, a data okay. warehouse. And so there was a tool called Hyperion. I don't know if it's still around or not, but back in the day. And it was actually for extraction, transformation, and loading. So we were helping. I was on the team that helped build a lot of that logic. So I'd actually done a lot of that load, no code years ago. And so it was very familiar. You know, I mean, it was a little different paradigm, but it was very familiar to me. And that's part of why I liked it so quick, because I was able to... I think that way. And so it was really powerful. I, I think a lot of those no code, low code get a bad rep. I, I'm not saying it applies for, it can cover everything, but any developer who's done, you know, spent years 
doing the same thing over and over and over again, right? If we're developers and we say you should dry your code and not do, don't repeat yourself at some point, do you need to keep writing those functions? Do you need to keep debugging because you missed a semicolon when you just (laughs) pull in a block, write in your text speech and be done and not have to worry about all the headaches of, you know, I just won't even compile because I, you know, I just wanted to edit text, but I didn't know what I did. So I actually think that, um, you know, just like it's good to learn math first before a calculator, it's probably good to learn the code in a lot of ways, but I think there's real value in those no low code environments and they shouldn't all be thought of as something, you know, below coding. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm all for using the, the framework, the library or the tool um, that's going to help you to get the job done. Um, yeah. So very much so. Um, so you mentioned, did you say um, Ernst & Young that you that you used to work at? Yeah, my career started at Anderson Consulting that became Accenture and then Ernst uh, & Young. All right, so nice my job. very first job out of college was Arthur Anderson. Yeah, so I went to that, tra- did you go to the training in St. Charles? I didn't because actually I was in um, what was the tax technology division. Okay. Um, and so we were going to write international tax software. That was my first job out of college. Um, so... Uh, graduated in uh, Utah from BYU and uh, took my first job in Chicago. And uh, yeah, so like big six accounting firms were like really big, uh, um, you know, places to land jobs at when I was, uh, you know, graduating from college. So yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, think that part of, that's the part that I guess is no longer in existence actually, right? Yeah, so, no. Enron, yeah. post-Enron. Oh, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, so, but it was interesting because I, I was only at that job for six months. It was my first job out of college and it lasted six Mm. months. And what happened is, is that when I, we moved out, you know, my wife, it was just my wife and I, and, you know, we're newly married and we moved out to Chicago intending on being there for, I don't know, five, six years, something like that, whatever we were, you know, thinking about, uh, doing just kind of our own little adventure. And, the the first week that I started work, they had a big announcement that they were Arthur Anderson wasn't renewing one of their buildings, um, the lease on the building down in the loop. And now that's a big deal. It's like what you're you're yeah. giving up for you know prime uh, real estate uh, space. Um, and so then it came out a little bit later, you know, over the six month process that they were going to move a a you know, portion of employees down to Sarasota, Florida. And then it turned out that it was going to be my team uh-huh. and a few other teams. And, and, you know, they were nice and flew us down there for kind of a tour, but, you know, I'm, I'm coming from the, you know, the West Southwest to Chicago already to the Midwest. And then they're moving us to the Southeast. Yeah. And I was like, this is not where I was originally planning on going. I <laughs> That's, and, yeah. and there were a bunch of different things involved with it. They were going to a, adjust my salary down to meet the cost of living in Florida, but it didn't seem like it was necessarily significantly. I, I was already struggling, um, li- you know, supporting <laughs> myself on, on a starting salary. So it turns yeah. out that I, I, I had to look for another job. Um, and I did, I found something else in, in the Chicago area and ended up staying for another um, like a year and a half. But now uh, I just moved to Chicago a year and a half ago. So that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we we both started off with some uh, some flavor of Anderson. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's... <laughs> <laughs> um. So 
tell us tell me what's going on recently do you have some big news some stuff that happened at the at the uh, voice uh summit conference here last month um so tell me what uh what happened with voice uh pt um yeah well first i'll just give a little background just for people that don't know about it um before I get to the good news part, but um, Amazon um, recently hosted an Alexa skills challenge focused on aging and engaging to help encourage developers, entrepreneurs to build more Alexa skills for right. uh, older adults. And once again, and, that's Heidi was involved with that. Yeah, Heidi, uh, as far as I know, led that. And I know you were one of the judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there was what, $45,000 in prizes. There were, I think, five category prizes four runner-ups and then a grand prize. And so we submitted under the uh, keep moving category. There was also stay sharp, be supported and let's connect. And then there was the multimodal bonus category. I believe if I got all those categories right there. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Yeah. So it was a great set of variety of different experiences and, you know, focused on different areas. So it wasn't just some kind of random assortment, you know, it was really like that was a perfect category for, for voice PT. Yeah. And so it just happened to come along at the right time. We were getting close to putting the skill out on the store. And so that was part of the requirement is you had to have either been, you know, published for the first time or have had a significant update, I think during that window of time. And so it just worked out really well for us timing wise. Um, So we we entered under the keep moving category um, and we're lucky enough to be uh, selected as one of the runner ups of, for the grand prize. Um, So that was really exciting. And then we're also um, just to give a quick shout out to the people who also won the uh, keep moving, which was a senior stretch. And then there was the, um, I think it's called, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the other one, so I feel bad now, but um, another one about memories. And so um, there was um, two of those people are actually starting to talk about maybe helping with our voice PT skills. So it was excited for them and uh, Dr. It was, um, and so, you know, it's been great, not only the event itself, and the exposure we got, but then the people we've gotten to meet through it and to put all our brains together to try to see if we can come up with something. So, um, so yeah, so it was a really good uh, opportunity. It gave us some exposure, uh, gave us some validation, some money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was a great experience. So excellent. So um, is, is voice PT out in the skill store now? Is it kind of like a soft launch where, where, um, is it something that that uh, I guess talk about if it's available? And then I'm also curious about the website piece. Is that something where doctors would put exercises in, or is that where, uh, you know, like me, somebody that that's going through PT would put in my own um, exercises in there? Kind of help me understand that side of it. Yeah. So the um, um, on the website. The idea is, uh, or sorry, back up to for the store, it is out there. It's really more of a demo version okay. um, that's out there. And it also allows us to beta test. So it, if someone has a, a like a code that we give them, they can pull up their own program as a beta tester. Otherwise, but anyone watching could go out and look for the voice PT um, skill 
and you know load it up and try to, to just say no if it asks if you have a program code and they can try out the demo and so they can actually see what the experience is like okay so we wanted that out there so that we could you know people that didn't that were just trying to explain to them what it is you know but don't have a particular physical therapy to do or don't or want to learn what it's like first before you know setting up they can go try it and of course we wanted to get it out there for the competition so we put a demo version out there of seven i think seven exercises um, to give people a feel for it and then like i said if they have a code they can get their beta testing um, but um, and then the goal though is to and one of the reasons i attended your great uh, hipaa presentation about building alexa skills for that are hipaa compliant is down the road we do want to make our skill become HIPAA compliant um, and be able to support like you're talking about with the doctors and physical therapists to be able to enter it. So currently we can enter it from a beta testing standpoint, but you know, it's not considered prescribed exercises. We're not tracking patient data. There's a whole lot we're not doing yet because we don't want to cross over that HIPAA wall. And so mostly what's out there is more of a beta test functionality, trying to, you know, just work out a lot of the usability kinks. Um, and proof of concept and just see if some of our testers will use it um, without tracking, you know, personal health information and requiring all that uh, is involved in your new video that the video that just came out from yeah. your topic, Voice Summit. Um, so that's that's our goal. So the the web the the aim is that the website that we're building would be where doctors and physical therapists at the moment, we don't necessarily plan like you would go in and enter that, but that it would be, eventually it would be a HIPAA compliant on the web and on Alexa, and that your doctor physical therapist would prescribe you your particular exercises and you would be able to pull it up on your device and do it hands-free, voice activated, without any paper, without, um, uh, you know, it, it's more accessible. You know, a lot of times people get paper that doesn't work very well for the blind, um, or even you know, people with with vision issues, right? Just reading the small text and the small yeah, image. While you're trying to do the exercise and trying to figure it. Yeah, out. And mobility issues. There's web apps. There's mobile apps. I mean, out there, but that requires a certain ability, dexterity, and mobility to be able to use that. So we're trying to build it where someone could just say, you know, like I would just say, Alexa, start my physical therapy. And it would just start. And so they don't have to if they're, you know, whatever their challenges that prevents them from being able to use a mobile app um, or to have to get up out, you know, to move. They don't have to do any of that. So right. those are the areas we're focusing on. Well, it seems like uh, if if the website is is kind of driven from the, the uh, physical therapist perspective, then it's also a great tool where it's reporting. It's like, oh, this person did these exercises and there could be analytics as they've gone through each exercise and through each rep of the exercise, um, there could even be like a point where you ask for feedback. And so there could be some sort of a voice note or at least, you know, some, something that happens that then um, the physical therapist could, could go back and look and say, Hey, it looks like you're doing these screens or, you know, th these different um, uh, therapies I can see because, you know, you've gone through each of these different screens and, and stuff. And so, Seems like it could be a kind of a reporting tool back as well, kind of a absolutely like well, the the tool that I use um, through my current physical therapy place. I mean, I then put it all into my system, but the the tool that they currently use, they do have a web app. You can watch some videos. The video show you how to do it, but they don't walk you through all the exercises. But then they want you to self-report and go in and fill in. You know, I did five of these and ten of these or two of yeah. these. 
And given how often people, I mean, I'm sure some do it, but considering how few people even do the physical therapy and then the ones that are doing it, you know, are probably just getting through it. And they're not, I don't, from what I've seen, the physical therapists aren't you, it, it technically has that reporting ability, yeah. but they're not using it. I'm sure some are, but you know, in general, I haven't seen people using it because it requires the patient to have to go in and enter that in in the first place. Right. Whereas our goal is that it would just self-report on your progress every day, and so it's you know, I, I go to I like that old saying of the best interface is no interface, or at yeah. least sometimes, right? And so no one has to enter it; they just do their exercise. When they're done, they say stop, and it will eventually report that out. And then your therapist would be able to see what exercises you okay. did how how long you're doing it, which ones you're doing, which ones you're skipping. <laughs> like, you know, maybe you always avoid this particular one. Yeah. That those kind of analytics that you're just gonna have a hard time getting real accurate data out of people self-reporting that, I think we believe. Yeah. No, that's that that's good. Let's talk monetization. Um, so is the idea then that this would be a monthly per, uh, subscription that the physical therapist or the doctor would would pay for and the skill in essence would be free for, for the patients? Um, yeah, I mean, we are still figuring out uh, some of our next steps is the business model, but yeah. yes, we that is an existing business model. So for example, like I said, the place I go for physical therapy and a lot of our beta patients who are doing physical therapy in other places, there is software out there that these companies are using they just have you know again it's often just to print a pdf out or to give you some like website and so there's that model um we're also looking into other ways that there might be organizations or places that want to help provide these apps you know like if you have arthritis or you have certain common chronic conditions there may be some of these associations or other places that want to help provide these tools out there so that um you know, especially again with certain people with people with disabilities that maybe the current systems don't support, there may be some possibility of those um, organizations providing these tools for common sets of exercises. They may those may not be prescribed to every individual, but it might be you know if you have arthritis, here are hand exercises, or here are yeah. you know if you have this kind of condition, here are certain exercises. Yeah. This, to, this exercise routine um, is sponsored by you know such and such. And so then in essence, they yeah. would pay to, to uh, target and help um, the pe people that, are, that would fit in that, that particular group. Yeah. Right? And we may look at, you know, there is obviously still, there's uh, another option is where the consumer would pay and do it through a subscription model um, through Amazon. So we're certainly looking at that as well. Okay. Well, we're, we only have a few more minutes to wrap up, but a couple, just like, kind of like a quick one minute each, sure. um, something that you, that you are really excited about that you did kind of from a developer or like code uh, feature um, perspective and something that was a big challenge. So something that was really exciting and something that was challenging. Um, I think the, I guess the first book comes to mind is the challenging, the challenges, the, there was the there's the um, beta testing process had some some issues we ran into sharing it with people we ended up that's part of what we just ended up publishing a little earlier than planned um, and also um, and I know you deal with APL a lot so we're still learning how to really make the screens look good on every possible device that. Alexa is supported on. So we got that pretty well, but the, and there's some things, but, and luckily because I'm a, um, 
Alexa Addict that I have it all throughout my house. I have almost every device, not quite, but I have most of them out there. So I have my own little test bed, you know, yeah. and I try all that. So, so that's been a bit of a challenge. Um, I think the, um, the biggest thing I was proud of was going from that hard coded, you know, just in voice flow to building that whole backend so that we really could go beyond, um, just being for me or taking a really long time to put exercises in, right? It really has opened us up to getting someone's exercises. It doesn't have to be a developer even to put it in. We've got other people on our team that can enter those exercises, assign someone a code and they could go on. And so that has really opened up for us to get ready for the beta because it's much more flexible now. So actually adding a content management system onto your your voice application. Yeah, has made it the tool itself more powerful. Even though the the, device, the skill itself in some ways looks the same, it's made it much more powerful. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing those parts. Um, I guess anything, um, any last uh, words you want to share? I just, it's been a great experience. I mean, it's we we still it's been a long road getting here and a long road ahead. But I am just, uh, for those that are building skills out there, I guess I want to say, like, I believe in the future of the Alexa platform. That's part of why we picked it over, focusing on mobile apps. Um, And I think that there's so much more that these voice first, you know, Alexa devices can provide as an experience that it's not, some people just think, oh, it's just some, another way to do it. But really it opens up a whole new you know, set of features that we can do. And so I think that what I'd encourage people to do when they're building their skills is to figure out, you know, how can you do something on Alexa that couldn't be done any other way? And those are the things I think will, will be really successful in the long run because they really change the game. If I can do it on my phone, I probably will do it on my phone. But if I can, with this, I can do it on my 75 inch TV in my living room with just my voice. And that is just you know, with my exercise mat out there. And so it really changes the experience. It, it does. It changes it significantly. Yeah, so that, that's, that's, you know, yeah. Well, good. No, thanks for sharing that. So um, I appreciate those that have tuned into this uh, episode of the podcast. It was really uh, great, Brett, having you on. And um, if people wanted to uh, give feedback, they can contact me as, as, as normal, mostly on Twitter, uh, at Mark Tucker. Uh, what's a good way to contact you, Brett? Uh, well, we have our voice PT website if they want to learn more. Um, there's also out there on the Dev Post Hackathon. We have a lot of information out there. And then um, also I'm available at Brett with two T's at voicept.com. So people can reach out that. I'm also on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, other platforms. It's just Brett Adler. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, we look forward to uh, feedback on this episode or on any episode of Two Voice Devs. And uh, we're hoping that we'll get other um, uh, participants in that voice challenge uh, to come and talk about their project. I appreciate you, Brett, for being the first. And uh, we'll catch everybody on the uh, future episode of Two Voice Devs. Take care, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thanks for watching.